Hey everyone, welcome to the Threadcast. Ryan Smith here. Hope that you are having a good day, a good week. I want to share a quick couple stories with you. Um, starting off, we are, I want to share, we're talking about tribe and talking about accountability in tribe. And I want to start off with this passage. One of my favorite passages, passages I've always gone to. Two are better than one. It's Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 12. Two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help him up. Also, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. So, um, I want to share two stories today. That kind of, uh, hopefully, will bring a point home for us. Um, two stories about a canoe. Uh, not one canoe, but two two canoe stories about me. Uh, I've always loved canoeing and taking trips out into the wilderness. And so these are two different times. Uh, uh, the first story is I used to go on a yearly canoe trip with uh, me, three to four of my elders, and maybe a, a kid or two. But usually they're anywhere from four to five to six of us that would go out. We'd always go out the weekend of Halloween or right around that time. We'd go out for four days, and we'd go to a place called the Buffalo River here in Arkansas. It's a national park. It's a beautiful river, um, just gorgeous. But we would always, uh, the Buffalo River connects into the White River. The White River is just this bigger river that has uh, trout in it. Uh, the Buffalo River is a, a small river that has some fish in it, um, but it's just a, a nice way. And what we would do is we would put in the last, um, the last, place to put in on that river and uh that normal people put in uh and then if you're going to put in there it was about a 20 mile canoe trip to get to the white river and then you actually had to either choose if you go up the white river to pull out or down the white river we usually go up the white river but what we'd normally do on this four-day trip is we would go we'd we'd put in and then paddle halfway and there's this this little river, this little creek that pulled off called Middle Creek, and we would pull off there, and is literally about halfway through, and then we would spend two or three nights camping there, and just had a blast, and then we'd canoe out the last day. Well, one year we were going, and uh, we were going to meet uh, two of my elders that had a friend and his son that were going to meet us. I'd never met them before, and they were coming from out of state, and so... Um, we we put in that morning and they were gonna they were gonna get in late because they were driving in so far and so they were gonna get in that night um, and so we put in and uh, well I have to back up the night before we um, put in we, we we stayed in a hotel right there on the river just so we'd be ready right bright and early in the morning but it like that night it just poured I mean tons of water tons of rain tons of rain tons of rain and so we get in. And put it on the river that morning, and we do a leisurely stroll to the Middle Creek. It's about a 10-mile canoe trip. And the water is kind of a, it, it's a little crazy because um, of so much rain last night, but it's not too bad. But what you need to know is there's so many mountains around that feed into the blue, or into the Buffalo River um, that we're on that um, you can get these surges of water, Right. And we were seeing that it was hap- it was going to happen, but we were kind of right before before it was all coming in. 
So we get uh, we canoe down, we get into Middle Creek, we set up camp. And these guys, we set up an elaborate camp. We put all the tents up, but then we put this huge tarp up. It's in an L shape, or so it's got a back to it. We put a canoe there as a table. We cook on it. I mean, just we. It's like we're making a, a you know a nice uh, camping lodge, if you will. And so the from where we camp on Middle Creek off of Buffalo River is probably about fifty yards, not not too far. And so we set up camp, and I'd really forgotten that their friends were coming. And, and so we made dinner, and then it was getting dark. And then they start talking about their friends coming, and like, oh yeah, yeah, they're coming, and they're, they'll, they'll get here. And it's getting, you know, it was getting dark, and uh, not, but not too late. And so we're sitting around the fire. Dinner's done. We've done the dishes. So we're sitting there drinking coffee and just kind of shooting the breeze. And it's pitch black dark. And all of a sudden, we hear this yelling. Like, what was that? What is that? Like, someone yelling, someone yelling. And so I had a, uh, instead of having a flashlight at the moment, I had a headlamp, you know, that you put around the top of your head. And and so I go running off. I'm the first one. I go running off um, towards the towards the Buffalo River, down the side of Middle Creek. And I get to the Buffalo River, and the water is just flowing faster than I ever could imagine. And I hear the noise. I say, where are you? Where are you? And... Um, I, I hear them talking, and it's probably about 10, 20 yards into the river um, along these trees. And I, I put my flashlight over there, and I look, and I'll never forget this sight, is that the dad, who's an older gentleman, is sitting in the front of the canoe. And so the canoe is pointing upriver, um, which is a crazy thing at that time. But So he's sitting in the front. Their whole canoe from top to bottom is full of just like, I mean, it looked like the, the, the clampets coming out of, you know, loading up their car. I mean, I mean, there was not one inch where there wasn't some type of camera gear in this canoe. And this son, who is an older, I guess a young 20s guy, is literally laying flat across the top of all of their stuff. And I don't know what he was thinking, like he's going to keep everything in. And I honestly don't know how they got to this point, but the the dad is holding on to a stick that's off of this tree, while the boat is just like I mean, he's keeping it just perfectly to where the water's not tumping it over, and the sun is laying right over the top of it. But and so what basically had happened is they had missed the turnoff from Middle Creek, and then they were trying to paddle back up, but they got into this brush area where all these trees were, and they were going to get tumped, and so they're holding on to it. And so I go, I, I just, I, I have on my Chacos, and it is, and this, this is October, so the water is cold. Buffalo River is usually cold anyways. It's so freezing cold. So I go jumping in, wading into this, like, fast-flowing river, and I have to grab the front end of the boat where the dad is sitting, and I have to kind of maneuver it gently to where the front is always facing upriver, and get them pulled around a couple of logs and all this stuff, and get their canoe so that it doesn't tump, they don't lose all their stuff. And, um, and, and so I get in there, get it maneuvered around, we get it pulled over into Middle Creek and it, we just talked about that for so long. And, you know, they, they talked about, Oh, I can't, I just, he's like, as soon as you showed up, it's like, you're a knight in shining armor. <laughs> it's just a funny story. It's just one of those that like, I'll never forget seeing that dad, like with his, this like deer in the headlight looks and the sun is like sprawled out over the top of this canoe. And I don't know how it didn't tump, but the, that's one of the, my canoe stories that I'll never forget. Another canoe story is um, when I was a youth minister, um, I took a group of guys um, 
for their senior trip instead of them going on some crazy trip where they're going to go get drunk or whatever we went up to to canada in uh, right on the border and went into the canadian side up there uh, on the north of minnesota went to to the boundary waters and the canadian boundary waters and we were going to do a seven day canoe trip where and this is like i mean this is literally like out in this like there is no this is about as far out as you can get it's a crazy it was a great trip um but like they gave us a map and told us where we should camp and all this stuff but they gave us canoes and just set us off and say hey we'll pick you up at this one spot in seven days and so this is one of those where it's a lot of lakes connected by rivers um and that you just canoe and then you port from one lake to another you pull your canoe out all this stuff carry it and all this other stuff and so so we're going to spend seven days out there and our second day out on this water we get to this long big lake and um we were trying to push to another canoe site and so we had been going all day and it was getting it, the later in the day in canada when you get the windier it gets right and so we'd been we'd been canoeing all day and we were tired but we wanted to keep going because we knew we'd been told this this next campsite we wanted to get to was supposed to be a great campsite and it was we we're going to stay there for at least two days or maybe three days because of how awesome it was. And so we were trying to push to it. And we'd been, the water was getting so choppy um, that in the middle of the lake, you know, it's not a huge lake, but it is a big lake for these boundary waters. So out in the middle of the lake, it's literally white capping waves. And so um, we had to cross over to one side and that was dangerous because the, the waves were, we were in these canoes out in the middle of the water. And by the way, we are in we are in this these waters um, two weeks after they had thawed for winter. So we go in May, and so it's like we were one of the first trips out that 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 the um, canoe site had ever um, sent out. And so the water is just freezing cold, and so that was one thing as well. And so we get to the other side of the lake, and we're going up the lake along the shoreline, trying to stay as close to shore as possible. And, um, because we just want to stay protected from the wind and we get to this one point and there's this big cove, but the other point was just 40, 50, maybe a hundred yards to the other side. And so we, we were, we, we kind of were thinking, well, do we want to go the safe way and go along and go deep into the cove and come out a hundred yards or do we just want to try to shoot across? And so we were just kind of floating out there, having this conversation, having this conversation. And we had floated about 50 yards off of shore by this time. And we decided, well, we're just going to shoot across. Well, at that moment, I'm with one of these kids, this 18-year-old kid in the front of my boat. And we go to turn, and this wave just smacks the side of our canoe. And before I know it, our canoe is tipped. And so we've got all of our stuff in these waterproof bags, you know, but our canoe is gone. It, I mean, it, not gone, but it, it's under, you know, it flipped over. And so we fall into this freezing cold water. And immediately the other boys come up next side of the canoe, but in their canoe, but we can't get in their canoes because they've already got stuff in it. And if we try to jump in it, we're going to tip them as well. So I'm, I yell at the guy and the other kid, and he looks, he's, he's about to freak out because there's such cold water. So we've got to swim to shore. And so we, we swim the 40 yards into this in, from shore or from, from out in this lake into shore. And the other guys are, are trying to get us to shore as quickly as possible because, you know, hypothermia and all this stuff. And so we jump, we get we get to shore, 
and then we uh, we start stripping our clothes off, and they, one guy starts trying to build a fire. Well, all of our stuff is floating out in the, in the lake by this time, and so another guy gets his boat, and they go out, and they, they get up all of our gear and and pull the shore, and so we're right out in this windy part, but we try to warm up, and um, one of our bags wasn't as waterproof as possible, and it's the one with our sleeping bag, and so finally, finally, after what seemed like hours of just shivering, I was laying out in the sun on these rocks, and you know we finally get warm. We go to we go to make we we don't make it to that campsite because we're not gonna make it. So we go to this other campsite, and I remember we it was dark and we were trying to set up a fire. And I was you know my my sleeping bag was still wet, and so that night I had to sleep in a tent right next to a guy trying to share with you know I'm a, an adult trying to share uh, you know under uh, get warm next to these 18 year old boys, you know, so <laughs> as crazy as it was. And I shivered the whole night. I had to take a leave because my body was so cramped up from shivering. It was, it was a crazy, crazy night, but we made it. And it turned out there's even more crazy stories from, from this trip that I'd love to share with you at some point. But this, these are my two canoe stories. Um, and I'll go back to that verse that I read earlier. Two are better than one because they have a good return for the labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. Also, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. I always read this verse. I have always loved this verse because you know it's one about about community, one about you know in my mind a brotherhood. But in this verse, it seems like I've always in my mind read it as I was the one who was going to pick up the other person, right? That I was the one that was always going to be there to to keep the other person warm, to fight off the other, to you know, to be that protector, if you will. But in this verse, in verse 10, it says, if, if either of them falls down, one can help the other up. I don't think I ever read that as truly as it was meant to be read. If, if either of them falls down, one can help the other up. That is tribe. That is accountability. The idea that that to be a full tribe, you have to be willing to be someone who helps and someone who gets helped, right? So in those two canoe stories, one, I was the hero and told around camps, campfires everywhere on the Buffalo River now, not really, but... Or two, the other one, I was the one being saved by 18-year-old, 17-year-old boys who got me to shore, picked up all my stuff, and got me warm, right? So in both those stories, one, I'm the helper, the other one, I'm being held. And this isn't a deep thought, but this is one I think we all have to wrestle with, right? This idea that if we are going to be in tribe together, if we're going to share community with each other, and we're going to be accountable to each other. One, you have to be willing to help those. And I think most of the people who've grown up in church, this is not a hard one. We we love to help other people. But the other part, you have to be willing to be helped. That's tough. That's tough for me. That's tough to to either A, admit that I need help, or two, to ask for help, right? And then just the humility to go through what it means to to do the work to be helped. Um, to be pulled up, right? And it's always more embarrassing in your head. Um, 
But when you're helping the other, you don't think much about it. But yet, when you're the one being helped, you, all these things are going to keep you from wanting to reach out to someone. But, uh, you know, thinking back to that story where those guys were yelling out and I ran to them, they had no hesitancy in saying, help, 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 because their life was on. And, and when I went into the water, I had no hesitancy of saying, get me to shore. You know, we've got to figure this out, right? But for some other reason, when it's not that crazy situation, it's hard for us. It's hard for us to reach out for help. So um, what I'd like to challenge you guys with today is the idea of accountability. That in true, in a true tribe, there you have to be willing to help others, but also you have to be willing to be helped. And so where do you find yourself today? Are you finding yourself to a place where you need to be helped? Or are you finding a place where you need to help someone? And here's what's kind of funny. Sometimes they're both, right? Some moments where you, you help somebody, and at the same time, you're needing to be helped, right? You, if you're waiting to where you're perfectly good you're to before you help someone, that's never going to happen, right? And that's what's kind of weird about this. And accountability, helping is not because you're better than that person, because you have it all figured out. It just means you're there to lift up the hand, but you might need a hand as well. So there you go. There's some thoughts about some canoes and some accountability. I hope that gives you something to think about. Have a great week. Grace and peace.